0: Hey, where the hell were you last
1: night? Ah, <laughs> basically where I was last night was, I'm not going to name, I don't think I should name the shul. I think we live in a time where uh, security is a bit rum for uh, everybody. Muslims are having a bad time too, but mm-hmm. for Jews. And so I was at a synagogue not far from here, an Orthodox synagogue, a, 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 uh, a United Synagogue shul, uh, and I showed up to, to do an on-stage Uh, interview with the rabbi he's a sort of 75 year old guy a rabbi emeritus Uh, very very funny man we're on so I went on stage I was just invited by my aunt I'm not naming my aunt Judith anyway she's just very involved in the shul and wanted to get me along I think David Badil said no you know and so let's get Jars along to go go and get interviewed by this guy and he's brilliant and I, and it was basically a lovely thing and my, my aunt, no doubt, Shepping uh, Nachas. You have to
0: get a translator. No,
1: I think people if they can't speak Yiddish they get to go listen to another no, podcast.
0: No, but my Yiddish isn't bad and I didn't know what shepping Shepping Nachas
1: just means experiencing, mm-hmm. Shepping Nachas means experiencing pride in your family. So yeah. when my aunt says, I tell you what, my nephew, uh, Giles Coram, will come and Hard to believe that I should be considered anything, but that's her basically shepping naches. But I first heard the phrase from my, my cousin Lester, Lester Vickers, who, talking about my great-grandpa Harry, born in Plonskin, in 1885, died in London in 1976. Yiddish as a first language, English never all that great. In about 1974, when his grandson, Alan Corran my father, was sort of first on the TV. He was on Call My Bluff in the old days with Frank Muir, uh, Arthur Marshall, hosted by Robert Robinson, and he was on there giving his definitions and Arthur uh, you know Arthur Marshall it's oh, Alan Corran. my great grandpa Harry was apparently sitting in his big leather chair, eighty years old, whiskey in one hand, fat cigar, and said, "Now this is nachos <laughs> Last week on the podcast, we, we I talked about, you know, perhaps my ongoing long term support for the State of Israel coming from being Jewish and therefore being a Zionist and supporting the existence of the State of Israel and its right to defend itself, sort of no matter what, how it was slightly compromised as the assault. Gaza went on and the assault on Rafa was sort of imminent, 30,000 dead now, and I'm starting to look at this really, really massive. It's getting harder for me to support the government, support Netanyahu to say, yes, this is fine, because it looks to me, I genuinely start to ask myself, is it the best way to get the hostages back? Well,
0: actually, on the podcast last week, we didn't actually address those questions particularly. Our central question was... Does Netanyahu bear responsibility for the reputation of Jews worldwide? And that's really that, we well. That was about. No, that,
1: yes. That was your summation of the debate so far, and it was well crystallised. But it and it. But it came in the context of me, my support, perhaps not being unequivocal. And you're right. It did say, yes, and and, and should Israel behave differently for for anyway, yeah. whatever it was. I thought broadly harmless. So I got I got a, I, and I decided not to write the piece.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: Because I didn't want my column to look in any way like a weakening of my support for... Uh for Israel which I feel need, needs my support the yeah. tacit support so I didn't want to do a lot like that and then I just got a call from my uncle on yesterday on the day before going yeah looking forward to you it's going to be great yeah you know you've talked to Shlomo listen uh, I, mean, I don't know you know there was this thing with a podcast and, uh, and I went oh god is that anyway my uncle sounded a little bit he was just like eh, maybe uh, it won't come up or maybe don't talk about that or. and he wanted to tell me that Shlomo the rabbi had personal experience of, of, of you know the the, 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 the tragic end of the violence terror
0: in the Middle years, it, yeah. and
1: I was thinking okay fine but I'm never no never going to say anything of which someone whose relatives had been killed by terrorists it's always
0: the way with you people are like oh yeah giles this giles that and then when they've actually got you they (laughs) realize they've got a tiger by the tail and everyone suddenly you're saying there's a brief
1: experiencing of your entire life
0: yeah 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 they of, of of oh my fucking god What is he actually going to do or say? They don't know that the, 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 the really alarming things that you do and say are so completely wild and unpredictable... That the last, they're not going to happen on stage, and but they they didn't know that. Well, no, they suddenly project and think, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, what is he going to say? He's a wild man. You did the same thing.
1: You said because I then after my uncle called, then the rabbi called just to clarify. Look, I've heard the podcast. I don't agree. We could we could talk to each other about it one day on a podcast, even. You know, I don't really I don't agree with you, but like so. I think we won't talk about that really. And let's
0: that? leave it alone.
1: Let's leave that. He's a very he's a totally jolly fellow, and he's like. He, from where he's standing, everyone's got. He think everyone's allowed to think the things that they think. But let's not go there. He was, which was quite reasonable. You then said, "Oh look, make sure they're not recording it. I don't want you to say. What if you say something terrible? What if you?" And I'm thinking, oh "My God, what could I say?" Of all the people, I am not. I'm going to be geared up to not upset. It is uh, lots of North London Jewish people and a rabbi and my dear I heard aunt and you, uncle I they heard are the people you make I'm a li- joke
0: on your way out I heard you make a joke that I did not want recorded or filmed really yes I'm not going to tell it here and it wasn't a joke it was a passing comment but no there, there, there are plenty there are plenty of people who when they when they do public appearances like that they say they say that no audio or video recording
1: hmm. no but funny enough the rabbi asked me it would be okay because there was some person who wasn't going to be able to be there who wanted to hear it and could, would, could, is it okay if they, if they recorded it night? you went, yes. you went no, fuck off <laughs> But anyway, but in the end, it was all just, like, amazingly funny, and he was fine. and then he did bring up Israel, and it was all totally Oh, court. he did bring up Israel? Yeah, in the end,
0: he did. And, and what did you say? I can't remember.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I said, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, oh, and I the evening was closed afraid. down and everything. No, it was all top, it was all top gas. Neil,
0: we're going to have to cut that out.
1: No, we're not! No, that was, like, fine. That was the big payoff.
0: Was it? Then
1: you be all oversensitive now. That's where Shlomo's going to laugh. Well, condemn <laughs> hell <laughs> while making a
0: few phone calls <laughs>
1: um
0: <laughs> okay so um a story i really liked this week was the story um which is not a nice story but i liked the unless you've got something on the running order that you want to talk about Oh, in probably. the running
1: order yeah the not a nice story murder the twits yeah the murder couple
0: yeah we did decide
1: to do that but we were going to start with dot
0: let's start
1: with your a decision last yeah. night the night before the podcast, as I was nervously pacing the room, wondering what—oh my god—I've got to go to the shul. They're going to lynch me. you know, yeah. I, they, I said, "Tell you what, fuck all to talk about on the podcast." read Kevin
0: Maher. Oh, Ma 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 I Kevin it's Ma. Ma.
1: Or it's an Irish name. Maybe it's pronounced Smith.
0: It you know, possibly collection yeah. of letters. I don't think it's pronounced. Um, Smith. And
1: on the front of the Times yesterday, there was this picture of um,
0: Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez.
1: And then Kevin's reviewed this. Baffling piece of media.
0: Absolutely baffling. The greatest love story never told. Described by Kevin as an indecently compelling backstage gawp. It's on Amazon Prime and it's a documentary behind the making of a movie or a music video. It's it's a... She...
1: Either either did make or tried to make a a, a long musical, a long album with a video element to it about her life based on a book that Ben Affleck had made of like photos and scrapbook for her about how much he loved her because he's, I don't know the mental health and drug and booze background of Ben Affleck, but he's not a well guy, is he?
0: He he looks a little fragile to me. We watched it because we were just sort of, we're, you know, as curious as anyone else about these two strange people. And it was absolutely, like, completely weird. And it wasn't really... Anything about their relationship? I I like JLo. Lo. I think I think she's I think she's great and funny and interesting. But it wasn't a great or funny and interesting piece of media. It was basically her in kind of dance rehearsals and stressing out about the fact that no one would finance this project and she had to sort of pay for it herself. At the beginning, she says, "You know, I've been married four times and." I wanted to project to the outside that I was strong and everything was on purpose and I, it was all great, but it was all bullshit and in the inside I was falling apart. <clears throat> okay, show me that. Yeah. I want to see that. I, I want to know what happened with the other marriages. What
1: I want to say is yeah. this. The reason we watched it for the podcast, possibly for a column, more for the podcast, wow. How would a film of the truth of our life look? (laughs) This is very American Hollywood way of looking at a marriage. What would our film look like? Or possibly our book. Let me ask you, Esther. You made a little book called The Greatest Love Story Never Never Told. told. Yeah. Uh, And you gave it to me. What would be in it?
0: Just cruel emails. Like my greatest hits of cruel emails to you.
1: So the reason that we are married and sort of inverted commas love each other uh, (laughs) is is, it's always been set by you to be the fact that we're both equally mean? Your problem, basically, in previous relationships, was that you that were mean, and they, mean, your boyfriends yeah. wanted you to be nicer. Yes. And I didn't really give a fuck, no, so then no. you stayed. And in like,
0: it, I, I, you're like, way, way, you don't care if I'm mean, yeah, so and if I it, say something mean, you think it's quite funny. So
1: then, our greatest story. Love never told, whatever. It's just all
0: the mean things. So, the
1: mean bitchy shit. Yes. A relationship held together by not really liking any of our friends.
0: Yeah, and like, and like, or
1: family. Or how,
0: like, when we go to a party together, like, how, like, you've always you you've already noticed all the terrible things about the party before I even tell you what they are. That's like.
1: I suppose my feeling with the podcast is we do this every week, don't we? This really is the truth of our relationship. Yes, it's yes, it really is. Really boring, yeah. and we hate each other, and 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 these. Uh, and are able to behave for an hour because Neil shows up. And yeah. then we still argue about the Everything. tea or coffee. Um, so, but, we want to, but there's a very British version of a marriage. There is, exactly. With um, this, the murder, and we don't think murder is funny and it's a sad story and we're not going to allude to it or name them. But no. this woman who murdered her husband with a, I think, gardening shears in the back while he was wheeling a wheelbarrow. But parallels have been drawn by the media with the twits.
0: So, Sean Brunton, who's the KC for the prosecution, said their relationship might remind those present of the twits. And that really chimed with me, because I have referred to us as being like the twits, kind of, many times. And I think marriages do kind of... Explain
1: what the twits were like.
0: Okay, so the the twits is a story by Roald Dahl, it's for children, it's quite a gruesome story about this old, ugly, nasty couple who play horrible tricks on each other because they're married but they hate each other the two that everybody remembers is the mr twit convinces mrs twit that she's got the shrinks so he mrs twit has a walk walks with a walking stick and every night mr twit goes into his shed at the bottom of the garden and cuts out discs of wood and at- attaches them to the bottom of her walking stick and also to the bottom of her chair. So she thinks that she's getting smaller and smaller and smaller. and. Um so and, and and she says, I'm getting shorter. And he says, no, you've got the deadly shrinks. And then she gets her own back on Mr. Twit by um, making mixing worms in with his spaghetti and then kind of laughing and saying, you've been eating worms.
1: So they're like the Twits. They're this married couple, but essentially expressing their love by being horrid to each
0: other. It's, it is a tension, isn't it? It's kind of attention. Is there anything so, you want to confess to? Well, I it made me think of the fact that I am happy to confess to all of the things I do to wind you up but you would never ever confess to doing anything on purpose to wind me up even though I know that you do.
1: So what are the things? So because I'm saying I'm trying to imagine I'm trying to now imagine the film with, where they where really if she'd had any <laughs> imagination Jennifer Lopez would have remade the twits with her and <laughs> Ben and you might have actually seen Ben going putting little coins underneath and she's got this <laughs> you've got the shrinks and she's obviously you know she's a uh, I have
0: in the past. Or you're
1: getting ugly. It would be a thing to do with her ass being big. He'd like gradually be padding it out and making her think that. And she'd have to make him think he was stupid by having whole sets of books reprinted with the letters back to front so that Ben couldn't read them even more slowly <laughs> than he read them before. And she's getting a bigger ass and he's getting thicker and thicker. But yeah. so, you know, that because that's the, the we rather revel in that. That's a British response to uh, a yeah. relationship rather than a little book of the never-ending but think story about all
0: the think about all the time and effort that went into Mr. Twit. Making her think that she's got the shrinks.
1: because that's real love. Yeah. So you're that's why. So you're saying the thing where you like hide all my glasses so that I have to sit down. I have to run around going where I have to ask you where my glasses are so that you can oh, roll your eyes. And what then.
0: do I do on purpose to really? Annoy? I did. I did once consider. I didn't actually do it, but I did once consider turning quite a lot of your phone's mobile data feeds off so that you couldn't. You couldn't look at social media unless you were <laughs> connected well, to Wi-Fi. I on Twitter or something. No, this was quite recently.
1: Just to be horrid?
0: Just because it's annoying when you're looking at is Twitter when we're out. You don't
1: season any of the food you cook for me. So, so, <laughs> I, so I, it's impossible for me to look grateful.
0: You, on purpose... Leave the bathroom window wide open to make the bathroom fucking No, I, when off. I get
1: in the shower, yeah. I open the window to let the steam out. Uh-huh. You open the window after the shower when the water's already condensed. I was so having a was bath.
0: Th- I was having a bath in like November and you came in wanting to open the window I the while I was, in the was having, having a bath. I to see
1: your boob because it turns <laughs> you on to think of you being looked at.
0: So what are the other things that you do on purpose to no, wind me up? No, the things that
1: you do on purpose, like you
0: make no, the bed without no. pulling
1: the counterpane now over the top to so say, that the pillows are...
0: Now you have to confess the things you do on purpose to wind me up. When you when you edit the fridge by just taking everything out of the fridge that you think needs to go on, in the bin and then leaving it what on the top... What about the fact that you
1: deliberately... Is there, is there, you leave sliced bread in the plastic bag on top of the counter <laughs> just so that it grows blue mould by the end of the day.
0: I put everything away. I put everything away eventually. (laughs) But in a
1: random assortment of fridges and cupboards so that I never know where anything is.
0: Oh, you, you take... When you... On the like once a month when you un- unload the dishwasher, you put things in the most fucking weird places ever. Like the like the, the the melamine plates, which obviously go in the drawer by the toaster. You just like randomly like shove them like no, wherever. Ca- the plate. because you can't be bothered to put them. Yeah, in sometimes. Place. That's really bad. Every
1: time, but the but the the the, the marigold gloves that you leave deliberately I on don't. the sink so that when you open and shut the cupboard under the sink, it always gets trapped in the fingers of the marigold. Why are you
0: opening I, them them and shutting the cupboard? I fold them and put them on a book. Bull-
1: but hang them on the peg that I fucking deliberately drilled into the wall I into did the, that. that you I did know that. I did and you never ever put the gloves on it. Ever. I, so what sometimes what I about? do is I scrumple the gloves up into a mean little ball. Yes. Put a little bit of water yes. inside the glove and then stuff them right at the back behind the plates. So that you have- I to-
0: always hang them back up. If I know your home, I always hang them back up. Because no, I hate it do. when you scrumple them up and put them on the side. It's so annoying. or well, the fact that you deliberately leave the I'm dishwasher open, you. I'm
1: right? Tell you tell leave you. the dishwasher open, making horrible you. smells, just to get your revenge back because you think I leave the cup. You leave, open you
0: leave every it's like it's like living on the set of the sixth sense you leave every fucking cupboard and door and drawer open not the sixth open. sense
1: it's sleeping with the enemy no
0: it's the sixth sense
1: sleeping with the enemy no when he, that's she, when no, Jennifer no. thingy comes back and she finds she Jennifer
0: him, who's Jennifer the, that, that, Julia Roberts the thin
1: bird out of the porn Julia movie. Roberts yeah, Gina, Julia Roberts
0: what no, are you talking a pretty about pretty woman no he, she opens the cupboard and the and Kevin the Klein has, has,
1: has put all the towels in order like I do and she knows the serial killer's back in let's town let's move on That's anyway, that's what I'm saying. That's what the benefit love story should have been. It
0: should have been like that. It would have been way better.
1: Okay, look, here's what we're going to do now. We're going to talk about the American attempts to silence Peppa Pig. Mm -hmm. And then we'll go from there into the fact that World Book Day is finally uh, getting a slap in the face for just being a ridiculous dressing up and then talk about the fact that toddlers can't even arrive at school able to shit in the right hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So that, that seems to me like a nice family way to proceed with the podcast. Yeah. So story one, open up the times today, and what's on page three?
0: The story is that Americans um, are... peppers pigish are blaming, antics. Uh, uh, all over the US, the show Pepper Pig was blamed for causing otherwise healthy American children to speak with British accents, which I uh, obviously fell about laughing because... Our, well, not Kitty, but Sam certainly consumes quite a lot of terrible American YouTubers. But they all
1: did consume lots of American stuff. And they watch... Uh, I mean, they they have the corrective of the in-betweeners and Friday night dinner and stuff. But yeah. they watch an awful lot of uh, Family Guy. Yeah. Uh, and then an awful lot of that Rick and Morty. Yeah. And then when they were little, their their iPad stuff... They, they watch a lot of, you know, famously American cartoons. Four... Eighty years, we Brits, and even more the the, the French, or even more horrified, yes, yes have they got. Are. Oh God, Americans are turning our children American. Yeah. Um, they, Kitty. Avec le uh, Kitty will finish her dinner and say, "I'm done." You know what? I'm done. Thank you very much, Peter. I've finished my dinner. And yeah. She'll go. I'm done. Um. And they, they use. They'll say, "Can I get?" They, they use these Americanisms, even our very literate children. And so it, it's quite funny that we're getting some revenge.
0: Yes, exactly. It's very, very funny that we're getting our revenge on uh, Americans with our sort of Peppa Pig-isms. Um, Don't let your kids watch Peppa Pig, warned a commenter beneath a review of the show. Um, it's partly her
1: attitude as well. So they said that Americans have noticed, American parents of four-year-olds and five-year-olds, and that photo is of like a Peppa Pig world in Florida. It is massive over there. They've noticed that she's a arsehole. You know. Remember when Kitty was behaving like Peppa Pig?
0: Peppa is rude, bossy, a liar, tattletale, and more. She did. She bullies her daddy. She used to call you silly daddy. I mean, it's that. I I don't think she so. did.
1: That was when she was three. She would say silly daddy, and there was that whole narrative about whether or not fathers are being traduced. Yeah, by, yeah,
0: by Daddy Pig. Yeah, 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 exactly.
1: What can Peppa Pig teach the Americans?
0: Ah, interesting. Yeah, that's quite good actually. I because. Uh, that might be quite good for a column.
1: Uh, hmm. It's probably a single item in the notebook. As the point is it's, yeah. re- it's revenge for years of our... Of our
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okie dokie. But um, that used
1: to be the only culture that, that children consumed. And I think that segues into the story. Maybe it's a nightmare for the editor if I segue it. But still, who cares? If that segues into the so story... Neil. <laughs> he'll find a way. Uh, it segues into the notion of World Book Day, which... Yeah. Uh, w- which there's now finally been a backlash yeah. against the fact that it's just a load of little illiterate pee the pants toddlers going to school yeah. dressed as Harry, Harry Potter, Potter. Uh, and nobody nobody reads a fucking book. Or they they, used, they would go the kids' school. They would go dressed as Peppa
0: Pig. Uh, we did. Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the problem is, right, is that I am happy not doing any sort of competitive parenting at all. It's fine. Once you lay down a challenge to me, I'm going to go. Mad.
1: And it was the wrong sort of challenge. Yeah. This is the point. They have now decided that um, World Book Day when everyone dresses up in these literally it's okay if you if you dress your kid up in uh, like a little dress that she's got and maybe she looks a little bit like Judy Garland in The Wizard of Oz but mm. to go and buy as they did at uh, the, the very privileged primary school our kids are at load of plastic crappy disposable yeah. wands and hats and da 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 and the kids go and these children don't really read be competitive our children read when they were little we read to them a lot we were good literary parents and I, so if you want to that's the competitive parenting Ha <laughs> ha. fuck you not look at my child dressed up as as
0: Hermione Granger.
1: Hermione Granger. Yeah.
0: Um, Dressing up—it's not that—that's the thing. It's not—it's—it's
1: not, it, it, it's not it's making not anything
0: sense. to do with books. It's to do with your parents' disposable time and creativity, basically. That's what it is, and that's why it's so stupid. And 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 obviously, people panic and just because you know it's peer pressure. They just Amazon a, a Harry Potter costume because the
1: parents can't read either.
0: No, it's not. No, that. it is. No, it it is. isn't that. You, it is the
1: parents aren't interested in books. You can't get children into books into a subliterate society that we live in now, where books are not treasured or valued, and everyone gets their culture from their phones and their stupid Netflix things. I endlessly retort to the the parent who we obviously don't name or even identify the school, who who literally told me that he was he, he was in finance, he was disappointed that, his, that that this school his child was expected to spend so much time reading books. He what, what can he what's he going to learn from books? Books aren't going to teach him how to gain clients. He said to me with a straight face and I thought, fucking hell, he's the kind of bloke who sends his kid to World Book Day dressed as Spider-Man because he thinks it's a fucking book because he's a philistine.
0: Well, I think being a philistine is okay, And I think that the fetishisation of reading, particularly fiction, particularly in adults, is dumb. Uh, anyway, I'm very glad to see the back of World Book Day. I thought it was very, very, very annoying. We can segue into the next
1: story to, for Neil's intense delight. Yeah. Um, out of the fact that these children arrive at school unable to read, so they have to dress up as Spider-Man. Now we, we discover they're unable to go to the loo either. And yeah. isn't that the front of today's paper? Parents. Half of parents believe they should not have full responsibility for toilet training their child. According to a survey, only 16% of parents think it's their job to teach children how to read. But you read on the loo. The two go together. No. That's the t- all I've ever taught my son is he grabs a book as he hustles off Touching cloth to go oh, release the turtle head. Oh. Um, with half of teachers saying it's getting worse. And there are these, these, there there are, one teacher said, I feel like we're not teaching as much in the first year now as, as we used to. It's more babysitting and teaching the basic skills. So, um, well,
0: there, there is also, there is a lot of defensiveness over the revelation in lockdown that school is was very much you know, a decent chunk of school is childcare. Yeah. It really is. But the thing and about teachers the do not think of themselves as, as childcare providers. And I'm sympathetic to that, but...
1: So teachers, why do you think that children are arriving unable to go to the loo?
0: I would be interested to see actually how much worse the problem is getting. I think that reception-age children can be expected to have a couple of accidents a term. They're very little. They're rising five. They're in a new environment. They get overexcited, and overstimulated, and they wet themselves. <laughs>
1: and they just yeah. And... I
0: remember. I, I remember when I, when I started secondary school, there were people who had arrived from primary school with other people, and they had stories. And you weed yourself
1: how... the other day when you were laughing. That's that's me. Yeah,
0: yeah. I've I've had two children. I've, I've got that's. I, yeah, I'm not. I don't. I don't, don't we myself because I'm too busy I, doing cars. And I do. The but there was. There
1: was. I had a. I, there was Margaret P. The Pants Duckworth. Uh, at my baby school, where my probably we were four, and she weed, and everyone went there. there. was actually, a, there was a weed the pants a little bit later as well. Yeah, of course, but, yeah. But... Um,
0: uh, oh, well, like, what are we talking about? But right? potty are training,
1: we... doing a poo, and all that kind of thing, but what, why do you think that now parents are not trying as hard to potty train their children?
0: Well, I think it is, uh, I think two things. I think that, that parents in general have been trained over the last kind of 15 years or so to devolve everything to quote-unquote experts, which I think is just the cause of an enormous number mm. of problems. I also think it's the modern nappy. Modern nappies are amazing. And once upon, I mean, cloth nappies haven't been around for an awfully long time. But for example, you know, my, my big sister had cloth nappies, you know, so they're in the kind of, in the sort of 70s, cloth nappies were around. So you're saying Harriet
1: weaves herself all the time?
0: No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that a cloth nappy is pretty unpleasant.
1: So you have to change it?
0: Yeah, so the, the child notices and it's not nice and wants to get out of the and clock. And screams nappies. and
1: gets nappy rash, all the time. And things. also,
0: the parents are like, fuck this shit, let's get out of it. Whereas a disp- modern disposable nappy is amazing for, you know, the general convenience of it. But there's less incentive to get out So you're
1: out saying, because I, I recall that our kids walking around with their thing just hanging off them, full of piss, days that this thing would hold. So we didn't need to bother to change them really ever. These are such good nappies. I I, I I wear these nappies to go to the pub. You have three or four pints and you don't fancy going out the back on a cold night. You just stand at the bar drinking and whittling into your pampers.
0: I, (laughs) I know that you were joking about the hanging nappy, but I have to say, a hanging nappy was the thing that turned my stomach more than anything else in the world. If anything... Sam walking anything, along with it
1: with swinging like a rhino ball. In the morning. <laughs> ball, this huge, great thing. It weighed as much as he did. He'd emptied his entire body weight and he was running along.
0: First thing in the morning, yes. And I would know, I would change it pretty swiftly because I remember the hanging nappy and the hanging nappy how was much
1: he used absolutely to
0: piss. disgusting. So I'm sympathetic about children of right... I mean, I don't, I don't know what they're talking. Are they talking people, like children sort of... Reception receptionist children arriving in nappies that's a bit that's a bit extreme the, the bit arriving unable to read I mean I mean what are you talking can they not identify their numbers you know what I mean
1: no we're just talking about a general problem where parents don't teach their children how to wee and poo properly so they arrive at school with no self-respect unable to wee and poo all they can do on world book day is just up like Peppa Pig which is making the Americans think that their culture is at risk
0: nice summation
1: You've been listening to Giles Corrin Has No Idea with me, Giles Corrin. And
0: me, Esther Walker.
1: To find out what I wrote about in the end, pick up a copy of the paper or treat yourselves to a digital subscription.